Welcome to The Gradebook, a Tampa Bay Times podcast on Florida education issues. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek, and it is time again for our regular visit from Marlene Sokol, our Hillsborough County education reporter. She always has things going on in that giant school district, our largest in our area and the third largest in Florida. This week, she had some fun stuff going on with the school board. She's got a superintendent search going on and, and a variety of other issues. So let's just jump right in and see what she can enlighten us on. These days, it's always a fun time to hear what's going on in Hillsborough County Schools. So Marlene, you know, it's been a couple of weeks since our last installment. I feel like it's a saga or a soap opera. Hillsborough County Schools and what the heck is going on over there. It's kind of like our our regular theme when you come on. And I just want to thank you for coming back. You had a long board meeting yesterday. And um, why don't we get started with that? Yeah. I am the news lady. That's who I am today. <laughs> so, and I, and I won't take up too much time on the issue of public comments being aired, but um, but they are going to go back to turning the cameras on when the public addresses the board. Uh, so, but I want to jump into to me a, a very important issue, and I, I hope everybody who is listening to this, if they have not done so already, will go on to the Hillsborough School District webpage and take this survey about what you are looking for in the next superintendent. It takes about five minutes. It's really, really important. Um, that is going to be a very important decision as as to who to put into that job. I know that I want to talk about that too, because I love the 33 little checkmark spots that you can choose from there. But I do want to ask one question about those public comments first. And that's okay. because you, you mentioned something in one of your many Twitter feeds that day, and you talked about how one of the school board members was trying to protect the privacy of public speakers. And I really just struggled to wrap my head around that. The school board sitting in a public meeting where people are coming into a room and trying to say, well, these people don't want to be public. I I just still don't get the point of all this. Yeah, this is Tammy Schamberger, the chairwoman. Um, And she, in fact, just now sent me a text And in it, she included something that had been discussed in Pasco County, where somebody had mentioned the possibility that a speaker might inadvertently say the name of a student. Now, you and I have seen that happen. You're at a school board meeting during public comments. Somebody gets up to speak. It's unscripted. It has not been vetted. And they start speaking. And usually a parent, and they say, well, my child is Joe Smith, and he goes to school at Webb Middle School, and and there you go. Um, I I think, and in this case, it's the parent, but the, the text that she sent me just now, she said that was the type of thing that she was trying to avoid. Um, now, the her comments last night, though, it seemed different from that. Um, what she said was that, People are concerned about pushback from their constituents. And she said, you know, I have constituents too. All constituents matter. And the way she said all constituents matter kind of sounded to me like, you know, she was saying something else there, maybe something racial. I don't know. But but because what she said a few sentences later was that 
she is going to continue fighting for people who are often not taken seriously. They are often not respected. Uh, her exact words were the people who always have to fight. So the gist of it was there are people out there who have concerns. They want to address the board, but they do not want to be embarrassed. They, they don't want the whole world to see them. You know, they don't want to be disrespected, but they still want to be able to address the whole board. And I was making that impossible because I was putting it all up on Facebook. Well, you know, you mentioned Pasco County, and I know I cover those meetings, and they had some board members who did say, you know, it wasn't so much a parent talking about their own kid, but talking about someone else's kid. And that was a concern they raised. But I've also seen people come in there, they make a speech in a public meeting, They it's called to order all the things that you do, and then you had a board uh, comment. And this woman then came up to me afterwards. I quoted her in a story and she said, I never gave you permission to quote me. How dare you? And I said, well, you walked into a public meeting. What did you expect? She says, like, well, I'm a private person. It said, well, then use email. And even that's public record too. But if you don't want to be like right out there, then don't stand in front of everyone and say stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, that kind of stuff happens more and more and it's ridiculous. There's a teacher, you know, we're invited to cover a new teacher's event and so there's a thousand teachers in the auditorium at, at one of our biggest high schools. We take pictures of the crowd. And then months later, you know, we get teachers threatening to sue us because I never said you could use my picture. So, you know, th this kind of thing happens all the time, all the time, all the time. Um, and, and you just deal with it on a case by case basis. Now, I'll tell you myself as a reporter, when somebody addresses the board and they're talking about a specific student or or maybe this person you know maybe there's something amiss uh, i'm very ju judicious in who i quote you know the little children who on the native american mascot issue the little children who were talking about how oh nobody's offended by native american mascots i didn't name those children i didn't quote those children they're children you, you, you know and, and and i think most journalists we try to be respectful of who we quote and who we don't quote. But again, you know, the expectation of privacy, no, there's no expectation of privacy at a public meeting. You know, pick up the phone, call Tammy Schamberger and say, I would like to meet with you and talk about my child. And then you can be as private as you want to be. That was the thing that I was talking about there is that I was just kind of surprised that a school board member who's elected to a public office wants to conduct business in private. And that just seems to be par for the course sometimes that they think that they are the school district. And I don't know, is your school board better now than it was before in that kind of regard? Um, no, the fighting is still going on, a different kind of fighting. But but the other thing she said that I really took offense at, and I'm sorry, I was, I, I was going to like go high, but I guess I'm not going high today. Um, you know, she, she said something to the effect of that these other school boards that do not allow the airing of public comments, they care about the children. They're in it for the children. And referring to her fellow board members, um, Tammy Schamberger said, I don't want anybody to, to have to make the choice between being reelected to office or doing what's best for children. So, you know, so, okay, so now because I'm putting stuff on Facebook, it means I don't care about children. I, I don't know, but what's done is done. You know, I'm not looking for this to be any kind of a feud. Um, I, I want to give her the benefit of the doubt and say she had some good intentions. 
she did want to protect people who might have concerns and, and you know, just kind of leave it at that. Fair enough. So let's turn over to the superintendent search. I know that. Yes. What, where are we? We have 18 months to go or something like that? Oh, much less than that. I mean, he's out of here. Um, his, his contract expires in June, so it's under a year. And, you know, they want to be finished with this in the early part of the year. Um, they they want to give the new person months in the spring to get settled before he or she takes over in June. So October 2nd is a big day. That's that's when Ray and Associates, the search firm, is going to bring the results of all of its surveys um, to a special call board meeting. Um, a couple of dates to keep in mind, and these are coming up fast. Next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, there will be public meetings um, Bloomingdale, Jefferson, Gaither, and Middleton High School, and I have them in my web story, and it'll also be in Friday's Tampa Tribune. So if, if people, in addition to filling out the survey, they can go and they can talk directly to Ray and Associates, tell them what they want in a superintendent. The school board members have been asked, please do not attend any of these sessions. So, you know, that alone is worth the price of admission. But um, but you can go in and talk freely and say, hey, I want a superintendent who, who's going to, you know, do something about the growth in charter schools or I want a superintendent who's going to, you know, put more focus on reading. Too many of our kids can't read, you know, so people really have a chance now. And I can't emphasize this enough. The superintendent is very powerful. School boards nowadays are very limited in, in their powers, you know, between what the legislature has done to them um, and so forth. Really, the superintendent does all of the hiring and, and really runs the school district for better or worse. And so this is an important decision at a very important time for Hillsborough. Do you think that people in the general public actually understand what a superintendent does? No, they have no idea. I, I think most people in the general public, unless they work for the district, but most average people, they know about their child's school. You know, and, and that's always been my belief that, that, you know, when you talk about the district, it's very abstract. Most regular people I know, parents, civilians, they know about their own child's school and about the experience that they're on. So, no, they don't understand the inner workings of the school board and the superintendent and, and, and so forth. Um, but when you look at the big picture, when you, when you look at society and Hillsborough County in particular, this superintendent, you know, he, he's not perfect. But he got a lot of good work started to try and bring more equity to Hillsborough County, to try and improve schools in the poorest neighborhoods where you have multi, multiple generations of poverty and low literacy, um, you know, to try and get kids in preschool more prepared for kindergarten. So a lot of these efforts, they are still at the beginning stages. So and this is where to me it matters. The next person can either rip all of that up. Um, they might start over, they might continue what's already begun, they might have a different set of priorities. But when you look at the problems in Tampa and Hillsborough County, you know, poor economic mobility, as studies show this is one of the worst places in America to be poor. You know, when you look at the very real problems we have here, they are all connected to education. And so what happens in education is going to depend largely on who the next superintendent is. 
Do you think then that an outside candidate has a chance, knowing that they would be coming to a very huge nationally known school district, but at the same time one that really is kind of insulated and and hasn't had a new superintendent from outside the district since basically before I was born? Yeah, uh, some of us were talking about that yesterday. There would be a steep learning curve. If somebody comes in from California, if they come in from New York, and no, I don't think Mary Ellen Ely is going for the job. (laughs) If people, I get asked that a lot. If people come in, uh, somebody comes in and they don't know Florida, yes, there is a steep learning curve. However, the problems, and especially the problems where poverty intersects with low literacy and you know low parent engagement, all that stuff, th- these are universal problems. So I, I, I really do think that the right person could come in from Chicago, could come in from Los Angeles, and w- without a whole lot of you know the issue they would understand the issues and what you do is you surround yourself with technocrats you surround yourself with people who understand how tallahassee works and and which committee you have to go to to get an appropriation so I, i think there's a lot of upside in hiring from outside um that's also what makes it scary because as we've said many times you know for more than half a century hillsborough has not hired from outside and people at the top levels of the district are, are very worried right now because, you know, the, the new person might clean house. But in, in, and in some respects, that might be a good thing. Um, at the same time, there are some really good people here, and, and, and I would hate to see them go. I remember covering the search that yielded Mary Ellen Elia, and I don't even remember how many years ago that was. But <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, they, one thing that came up and was widely discussed was whether they really want an educator, somebody from inside the classrooms who understands schooling, or if they want a outside person, a manager, somebody who understands being a CEO of this $3 billion industry that a school district is and is able to deal with managing stuff and leaving the education to the educators. Has that come up at all? I I noticed on this list of 33 possible things, it kind of is hinted at, but it never comes right out and says, do you want a non-educator? Well, yeah, they say non-traditional. That's the closest they get at that question. You want a unicorn, and I'm quoting Tammy Schamberger, but she's a, a, absolutely right about that. You you want you want somebody who understands education. Ideally, has been a teacher who, who you know who understands you know the work. But yes, they are going to be a CEO of a huge corporation. They have to understand the money part. I mean, one really good thing about Jeff Aikens coming from federal funding, um, he was an expert in, you know, different types of funding streams and, and, and you know, and what you can use Title I for and what you can use Title II for. Again, like I said before, you could surround yourself with technocrats who tell you how to do that. But the person does have to be a good manager. The person does have to know education. And the person has to be a politician. You have to, there are some people within Hillsborough County, I'm not going to name names, but there are some high level people who would be wonderful superintendents, except for the fact that they're shy. And I cannot picture these, these individuals getting in front of a room full of people and selling the sales tax referendum, you know, so, so, so you do have to have all of those qualities. Um, 
it would help, you know, again, I'm going on and on about Jeff Akins' qualities, but, but he, he has a very strong sense of mission and a very strong sense of these are our core values and this is what we care about, um, a sense of morality that kind of radiates, you know, and, and, and just and really catches on. I think on the other hand, it might help if the person were bilingual and bicultural. I, I think that really getting confidence of the Latino community is going to be important in the coming decades. Uh, that's a demographic group that is going into charter schools in very big numbers. I'm not sure why, but I, you know, I think, and I think Jeff Akins has always been very sensitive to, to that community, having started his career in Waimama, you know, educating the children of migrant farm workers. Um, but in terms of you know being able to connect with with that part of society, that might help. You know, so they, so they're about. I, I could have listed thirty two things that they need from the next superintendent. Yeah, but they only want you to choose like ten. So you have to you have to narrow them down to something that's important. Otherwise, like you said, finding that Superman, that unicorn, is going to be very hard to do because nobody is everything, right? So what's most important? Yeah. And and you know. I, I imagine that the people who do go to these things either have political motivations, they have agendas, or or they have like things that they want to see happen in their specific school. I could walk in and talk all day about my magnet school and why I need this and why I need that, and that wouldn't really help with the district overall. So I wonder who actually gets listened to at the end of the day and whether this is going to turn into another piece of the soap opera and the school board just does what it wants anyway. Well, they are meeting with focus groups. They're meeting with the union. They're meeting with the NAACP. They're meeting with the uh, PASA, which is the administrators group. So they're also meeting with um, faith-based organizations. So they're making the rounds. But again, this is an out-of-town search firm, Ray and Associates. They're from Iowa. So I, I guess I'm just encouraging people to, to, to speak out while they can and, and tell them what they need to know about Tampa and Hillsborough County. Yeah, because they did use an out-of-town search firm that yielded Mary Ellen Elia. Like I said, they had people come in from Connecticut and from Miami, and, and I think one was from Detroit as well, as I recall. And, and at the end of the day, you know, school board members had their preferred candidates who they thought they were going to be able to either control or have the ear of or who would support them and all that talk about all the big picture stuff just sort of went down to well we already knew it was going to be mike grego or mary ellen elia from the start anyway so i just wonder are they spinning their wheels and they already kind of know they want to have their control because they're the elected school board they they so-called i remember some school board members say run the eighth largest school district in the country yeah, and I, honestly, I, I wish I had a better reading on what the school board members are thinking and, and who they want. I, I just don't have conversations with enough people on that board to, to really be able to count heads. Um, I, I don't know of a favored candidate. Obviously, Chris Farkas, the deputy superintendent, you, you hear his name around, uh, but I don't know. You know, I, I don't know what his chances are. Are you saying that the school board members don't like to talk to the news lady? Some more than others. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Some more than others. Besides the superintendent search, which I know is taking up a lot of time, are there other things that are just sort of swirling around? I, I saw that the 
hurricane one day off has become no early release days for the rest of the first semester. What's up with that? I mean, did they really change their schedule so dramatically that they can't take an hour off once a week? Well, they needed to make up a few more hours, and they did not want to take it away from Thanksgiving week. They did not want to take it from Veterans Day, and and that was a nice gift from the teachers' union. Um, We're going to be at bargaining on Friday, and we'll see what's happening with the teachers' union, Um, but they they gave them that time, and, and so that was very generous of them. Reading is still something I've been following, and we're a couple of weeks overdue to see the first part of, of, of the reading survey. But I, I will be very interesting interested to see what it says about what Hillsborough is doing right and what Hillsborough is doing wrong when it comes to reading. And that, that should have been over by the end of August, but we're, we're still waiting for it right now. Now, you mentioned negotiations. I know those were very heated before. Are they going to be heated still? Possibly. Um, I think in terms of a pay plan, they're pretty close. And I missed the last one or two sessions, so I'm not completely up to date. But the last session I sat through, they were very close in terms of the pay scale. You know, everybody wants to start pay at 40000 a year. And so, so that was, I think they were within nickels and dimes. So, some questions I still have and what some of the teachers still have is, will they continue to get Renaissance pay? Renaissance is paid at some of the low-income schools, which is not the same group of schools as the achievement schools. There's a lot of overlap, but they're not all the same. And the district now offers some very generous bonuses to teachers if they go to an achievement school, in addition to the best and brightest money that comes from the state. So you have teachers in some schools who are getting some very nice bonuses, and then you have teachers in some other schools who, for a variety of reasons, are, are not going to get the you know the, the pay differentials or bonuses or whatever you want to call it that they had been expecting. So that might be an issue. But it's not looking like there's going to be people marching in the streets with cowbells or anything this time. Uh, you know, it, it seems a lot more amicable. So disappointing. I always look forward to Hillsborough County as being my entertainment. Hillsborough County is like the opposite of Pasco in so many ways. So I always love our conversations about what they're doing and to read your stories about what's going to happen next. So, Oh, it's always, it's like when you miss a bus and the next one comes along, there's always something interesting that happens here. There's, there's always something interesting. All right. So we'll have you back in a few more weeks and we'll find out what that is. So thanks, Marlene. All right. Thank you very much. Take care. That's the end of our conversation and the end of our podcast. If you would like to chime in on these issues that we have been discussing, please go to our Facebook page, Tampa Bay Times Gradebook, and you can put your comments underneath the post where the podcast will be. To keep up on the latest in Florida education breaking news, continue to go to our blog, The Gradebook, at www.tampabay.com gradebook. We appreciate your thoughts and ideas for this podcast. If you would like to send anything in to let us know how we're doing, to give us ideas for what we should talk about or what we shouldn't talk about anymore, please do so. You can send me an email at jsolacek at tampabay.com or put your comments underneath your ratings on your podcast service on our Facebook page that we mentioned earlier or any other place that you feel free to do so. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek, and thank you so much for listening. 